0: brain was not working right there. <laughs> good morning everybody. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. Today is supposed to be Nikki Coyne's day but unfortunately she texted me this morning and she had a an issue that she had to deal with and was not available to speak with you. So I get to do it. It's all good. A little bit different from yesterday. Yesterday was all about protein and Um, supplements and things like that. Well, today I'm going going back to brain rules, and today we're going to look at short-term memory. So, this is the Body Burn 30 TR90 Weight Management Call, and we all look at the program in different ways. My biggest concern, or one of my biggest concerns, is how does exercise keep our bodies healthy, and well and slim and how does it keep our brains working because if our brains are working then we can function and we can do the things like exercise that keep our our brains functioning just wanted to go back to the g3 and the teeth issues that i've been telling you about i want you to know i am completely healed no more periodontal disease Thank goodness for G three and Brian's suggestion of swishing with A P twenty four mouthwash plus brushing with A P twenty four mouthwash. I'm not sure I say and toothpaste plus the whitening. So I actually have a system now where um I wash my teeth with uh oh what? I can't think of what it's called. Anyway, it swishes, it spurts water underneath your teeth so it cleans out all the debris from eating. And then I um, brush with G3. Then I brush with a new skin toothpaste of some sort. And then I swish with AP24 and i am absolutely thrilled with the state of my mouth and the state of my health and i no longer will have to worry about periodontal disease and you don't either if you use those two three products so but mean in the meantime the g3 is the one that really did it it's cleaned out the periodontal disease under my teeth i can tell there's no more irritation There's no more pain, and the best part is my brain has woken up. It really has. I didn't know how sick I was. So today I'm going to go, we're starting into short-term memory, which is really interesting. I'm reading from Brain Rules, John Medina, The Twelve Principles, Surviving and Thriving at Work, Home and School, and, where did I want you, okay, and then there is, and if I can find it, Yes, you can link it to www.brainrules.net and, oh, so forward slash DVD. So um, if you want to, so that would be www.brainrules.net forward slash DVD. All righty. And we are going to look at short-term memory. And... If you just want to go to www.brainrules.net, that will also get you to the site. So because of what I learned and attention, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Short-term memory. Rule number five. Susan will like this one. Repeat to remember. I think rule number six is remember to repeat. We haven't got there yet, though. I like it. Repeat to remember, remember to repeat. The brain has many types of memory systems. One type follows four stages of processing. Encoding is the first one, storing is the second, retrieving is the third, and fourth is forgetting. Information coming into your brain is immediately split into fragments that are sent to different regions of the cortex for storage. Most of the events that predict whether something is learned also will be remembered, occur in the first few seconds of learning. And if you can add emotion to it, it makes it more easy to happen as well. The more elaborately we encode a memory during its initial moments, the, the stronger it will be. You can improve your chances of remembering something if you reproduce the environment in which you first in which you first put it into your brain so that that information is interesting when it comes to teaching it is best to test the kids or to go for a testing situation in the place that you learned it so if you have to go to a different room it actually or a different place it will be harder to recall information not a big one but it's just easier to remember when you're in the location where you learned it short-term memory is the okay, is the focus now. It is the ultimate and intellectual flattery to be born with a mind so amazing that brain scientists voluntarily devote their dec- careers to study it. This impressive feat occurred with the owners of two such minds in the past century, and their more remarkable brains provide much insight into human history. The first mind belongs to Kim Peek. You're going, who's Kim Peek? Just wait. You know Kim Peek. We all know Kim Peek. He was born in 1951 with not one hint of his future intellectual greatness. He had an enlarged head, no copus colossum, and a damaged cerebellum. He could not walk until the age of four. And he can get catastrophically upset when he doesn't understand something, which is often. Diagnosing him in childhood as mentally disabled, his doctors wanted to place him in a mental institution. Well, that didn't happen, mostly because of the nurturing efforts of Peek's father, who recognized that his son also had some very special intellectual gifts. One of those gifts is memory. Peek is one of the most one of the most prodigious memories ever recorded. He can read two pages at the same time, one with each eye, comprehending and remembering perfectly everything contained in the pages forever. Though public, although publicity shy, Peek's dad once granted writer Barry Morrow an interview with his son. It was conducted in a library where Peake demonstrated to Morrow a familiarity with literally every book and every author in the building. And then he started quoting ridiculously and highly accurate amounts of sports trivia. After a long discussion about the histories of certain United States wars, revolutionary to Vietnam, Morrow had felt he had had enough. He decided to write then and there to write a screenplay about this man, which he did. Who was he? Just think for a second. Who? The Oscar-winning film Rain Man. Of course. Rain Man was Peak? His name is, where is it, Kim Peek. Does that not make that movie all of a sudden more meaningful? What is going on in the uneven brain of King Kim Peek? Does his mind belong in a cognitive freak show, or is it only an extreme example of normal human learning? Something very important is occurring in the first few moments of his brain The first few moments, okay, something very important is occurring in the first few moments in his brain is exposed to information, and it is not so very difficult from what happens to the rest of us in the initial moments of learning. The first few moments of learning give us the ability to remember something. The brain has different types of memory systems, many operating in in a semi-autonomous fashion, We know little about how they coordinate with each other, that to this day memory is not considered a unitary phenomenon. We know that the most about the the declarative memory, which involves something you can declare, such as the sky is blue. This type of memory involves four steps, encoding, storage, Retrieval and Forgetting. This chapter is about the first fact, the first step, encoding. In fact, it is about the first few seconds of the first step of encoding. They are crucial in determining whether something that is initially perceived will also be remembered. Along the way, we'll talk about our second famous mind. This brain belonged to the man the research called HM. He was legendary, legendary not for its extraordinary capabilities, but for its extraordinary incap- inabilities. We will we will also talk about the difference between bicycles and social security numbers when it comes to learning. Memory and Mambo Jumbo. Memory has been the subject of poets and philosophers for centuries At one level, memory is like an invading army, allowing past experiences to intrude continuously into our present life. That's fortunate. Our brains do not come fully assembled at birth, which means the most of what we know about the world has either been experienced by us firsthand or taught to us secondhand by another. Our robust memory can provo- provide great survival advantages. It is large. It is in large part why we've ex- we've exceeded in overpopulating per- the planet. For a creature as physically weak as humans, now compare your fingernail with the claws of even a simple cat. Of a simple cat, and weep with envy. So, for a creature is as physically weak as humans, not not allowing experience to shape our brains would have meant a most certain death in the rough and tumble world of the open savanna. But memory is more than a Darwinian chess piece. Most researchers agree that its broad influence on our brains is what truly makes us consciously aware, the names and faces of our loved ones, our own personal tastes. And especially our awareness of those names and faces and tastes are maintained through memory. We don't go to sleep and then upon reawakening have to spend a week relearning the entire world. Memory does this for us. Even the single most distinctive, distinctive talent of human cognition, the ability to write and speak in a language, exists because of active remembering. Memory, it seems, makes us not only durable, but also human. Now, let's look how it works. When researchers want to measure memory, they usually end up measuring retrieval. That's because in order to find out if somebody has committed something to memory, you have to ask if he or she can recall it. So how do people recall things? Does the storage space carry the record of some experience just sit there twiddling at some thumbs in our brains waiting for some command to trot out its contents? Can we investigate storage separately from retrieval? It has taken more than 100 years of research just to get a glimmer of the definition of memory that makes sense to a scientist. And the story begins with a German researcher who performed the first real science-based inquiry into human memory. He did the whole thing with his own brain. Hermann Ebbinghaus was born in 1850. As a young man, he looked like a cross between Santa Claus and John Lennon with his bushy brown beard and round glasses. He is most famous for uncovering one of the most depressing facts in all education. And this, I'm just going to finish up with this. This is important for all teachers. People usually forget 90% of what they learn in a class within 30 days. He He further showed that the majority of this forgetting occurs within the first few hours after class, and this has been confirmed in modern times. And I'm going to stop right there. But I want you to realize that if you are in a class and you overfill the kids' brains, they won't remember it. But if you give it to them in small bits and then let them use that memory by doing an activity, it's liable to stick a lot better. And that's where the activity of brain or of learning and memory comes in. And I'm going to stop right there. All right. And there we have it and the end of our day. I hope you enjoyed lear- starting to learn about short-term memory. Yes indeed, and water picks are wonderful. That's the word. I could not think of the word water pick. God bless you. Yes. I wash <laughs> I I water pick I could not think of it. I water pick my teeth morning and night and that's That was started when I got the um, implants. Ah. But that's the first step. I wash everything away from my teeth first. And then I brush with G3. And then I brush with toothpaste. And then I swish with AP24. I'm just so pleased that I'm healed. Like, holy cow. That's just amazing. I will be using... G3 for as long as it's available to us, and may God always keep it there, and may the new skin stay, because we need all these wonderful supplements and foods. Absolutely. So, thank you very much for joining in today. Nikki will be back tomorrow, and Frank is on Thursday, Susan is on Friday, and I'll be back next Monday, and I will continue on with short-term memory and how that impacts your life. For example, and one of the interesting thoughts here, think about how you you remember your social security card or your social security number, and then think about how you remember how to ride a bicycle. They are not the same kind of memories. Can you tell how you ride a bike, you can tell what your social security number is, but can you tell or how to ride a bike in the same way as you can remember your social security number? No, you cannot. And that's where memories get stored in different places. Really, really interesting. So I'll be back next Monday on that. And we will be back tomorrow with Nikki on Zoom. Also on this phone call. Thank you, Brian, for your services. Thank you, Frank, for, for recording. Thank you for being here. And if you need to get on and learn some more about the new skin business, One Team Global has an enthusiastic entrepreneur there to teach you. And may you have a great day and a successful day. And my, my good regards and love to all. Have a great day. You too. Bye, everybody. Have a good one.